Um, uh, but this week and next week, I'm encouraging you to be here the rest of this month um, because I'm going to come. I'm going to be going over um, the vision of this church, why we're here, and why we do what we do, and where are we going from here. Uh, this month is always important to me because it gives me an opportunity to look back on what God has done. Amen. It's important to look back. It's important. Uh, God was always telling his people and asking his people, uh, don't forget me. Don't forget me. Remember my faithfulness. Remember when I brought you out of the land of Egypt, right? Remember when I brought you across the Red Sea on dry land. Remember uh, when, when I, I slayed your enemies in the wilderness for you. Remember when I brought you into the promised land. He said, don't forget me. You realize that the failure that the Israelites ran into in the promised land was because of forgetfulness. Forgetfulness. Forgetfulness is dangerous. Forgetfulness is dangerous. Just this morning, uh, my wife or uh, well, my wife and Camden were having a conversation, and um, Camden was telling him, telling my wife where he got something, and he remembered every little detail. I was I was with so and so when we were over here by so and so, uh, and, and and his memory was just incredible. We were like, how do you remember all this? You're four years old. How do you remember all those details? But he remembers. All those details. Our memory, our memory is so important. Uh, but as we're moving forward, there are things that we have to learn to forget as well. Can anybody bear with me on that one? There's, there's some things you've had to forget. There's some failures. There's some problems. There's some issues that you've had to stick in the past and leave them there. And um, so it, it's finding this balance of what are we focusing on to get us to the next level, but what are we remembering uh, or what, what are we learning to lay behind, as Paul said? These things I lay behind. I press on toward the mark, and so we're pressing on. So this is uh, what we like to call Vision Month. If you're new with us, if you haven't yet connected with the vision, this is going to be a great month for you. You're going to get uh, uh, Anchor Faith Church 101 uh, right here in the next few weeks. And so uh, we're going to be communicating a lot of awesome stuff, a lot of stuff that's near and dear to my heart. And um, I, I do want to tell you this uh, in kind of prefacing it, that uh, everything that I say and, and everything that we're putting in place and everything that I communicate is by faith. Anybody can hook up some faith with me? Uh, the vision is never about uh, what you currently see. In fact, we're going to learn today that what you see today will hinder you from your tomorrow. It's, it's a biblical principle. You can't get away from it. If you only look at what you have today, it will tear down your, your opportunity to walk into what God has for you tomorrow. Look at this in Habakkuk chapter 2. Habakkuk chapter 2. Why is vision so important? Why does God make such a big deal of vision? Habakkuk chapter 2, in verse 2, it says this. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Write the vision and make it plain. There's nothing worse than a complicated vision. <laughs> There's nothing worse than, a, than a, a confusing vision. But he says, the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain on tablets. That, and, and, and tablets means that's solidified. You know why? Because there are going to be a lot of things that show up in your life that are going to want to shake your vision. And if you write it in the sand, it'll wash away. If you write it on something that doesn't have a firm foundation, it's going to fall away. But he says, write the vision, make it plain 
on tablets, something that's rock. Back then, tablets were rock. Uh, if you remember, the, the, the uh, Ten Commandments were carved into stone. That means this is a foundation you can rely on. The vision ought to be your foundation. It, not, it should not be an option for you. Where a lot of people mess up is the vision is optional. If we achieve it, great. Uh, that's awesome. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But if we don't, well, you know, it's okay. We're still doing pretty good. But the vision is an optional. This is a specification that God has laid on your heart and put in your life because he needs you there. He doesn't just want you there. God needs you there. God needed his people in the promised land. It wasn't just, hey, I want you to have a good life and live in a land flow with milk and honey and, and, and just have a great time worshiping me. No, he needed them in there to get rid of what was there. Okay? He needs you there. And so we gotta, we got to solidify this thing, make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. The vision is designed to activate you. The vision is designed to move you to run with it now. When I hear the vision, when I see the vision, I'm now uh, uh, activated and to find out what is my role. How can I participate? I don't want to just be a spectator. I don't want to just be a seat warmer. How can I get involved? What is my part to play? And we all have a part to play. Look at verse 3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. That means it's not today. See, God doesn't give you a vision that, that even seems possible today. God gives you a vision that says this is for an appointed time. This is for a time that has not yet taken place. The vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Man, there's power in God's word. Amen. When, when God speaks, he just put himself on the scene. That's how powerful his word is. When God speaks a word, he just put himself there. He just moved himself into that situation. And it will not lie, because God is a man, he cannot lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. A lot of times uh, we mistake the waiting period as a lie. And so he goes ahead and he lets us know, and it will not lie. Even though you don't see it yet, even though you're having to wait on it, even though you're waiting for some things to fall into place and to show up, uh, uh, don't, don't grow weary. He says, though it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come. It will not tarry. It will surely come. It will surely come. Look at this in the New Living, starting with verse 2. And the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets. I love that he uses the word answer there. If you actually go up into verse 1, uh, uh, he says, Then I waited to see what the, how the Lord would answer my complaint. Many times the answer to your problem is God's vision for your life. Many times God's answer to your problem is his vision for your life. The very thing you've been wanting, running away from, the very thing that you, you thought was the problem, he's saying, no, that's the answer to the problem. See, God gives you a vision because he wants you to answer a problem. God has brought us to this city to answer a problem. Even though I may not have that all figured out today, I know that God has brought us here to be the answer for Valdosta, to be the answer for Lowndes County, to be the answer for the surrounding communities. I mean, we got people traveling from Florida, from Madison, and from Live Oak. We are to be an answer to our world. God hasn't put you in the world to be more of a problem. He's put you there to be a solution. 
And so the vision that he's given you, the vision that he's placed on your life, however great it may be, however insurmountable it may seem, it's designed to answer a problem. He says, write my answer plainly. On tablets, as we go these next few services and I I begin to cast vision and I begin to show you things that our church is going to do, it's to be an answer to a problem. To be an answer. So that a runner can carry the correct message to others. So the runner can carry the correct message to others. Verse 3, this vision, this vision is for a future time. It describes the end. Notice he's written the end, but he still requires you to get there. He's written the end, but he still is requiring you to get there. Don't miss the end. You you hear me talk about it a lot. There's many people that start. There's many people that start, but few finish. I heard I heard a quote one time that says the 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 grass at the starting line is always withered but the grass at the finish line isn't quite as withered away and it will be fulfilled if it seems slow in coming wait patiently it's funny that he put wait patiently because you can also wait impatiently right we could become impatient ask abraham God, you're taking too long with this thing. I, 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 let me figure this thing out. Oh, hey, I'll give you my maidservant. Okay, that's, that sounds great. We'll have a child. We have Ishmael. No, Ishmael's not the answer because I need you to wait patiently because the one who promised is faithful to perform. The one who promised is faithful to perform. If it seems, if it seems slow in coming, wait patiently. That, that verse, I, I need to just print that out and put it on, on my dashboard in my truck and i need to put that on my my bathroom mirror if it seems slow in coming wait patiently for it will surely take place it will surely take place it will not be delayed the vision is designed to be run with vision is always forward focused vision is always forward focused you can't run with the vision and look behind You can't look in the rearview mirror and expect to get anywhere in your vision. It's always forward focused. It never looks behind. That means it doesn't look behind at the past failures. Those things that tripped you up, those things that slowed you down. And it also doesn't look behind at past successes. There are many people today that have become successful at one thing and have no longer pursued the next thing because they're just enjoying the success where they are. And God's always wanting to move us into a new thing. God's always wanting to move us into the next thing. What does that transition? What does that shift look like? What's the next level? Thank God for what we have. Thank God for his faithfulness. Thank God for what he's shown us. But if we're going to achieve the next thing, we, gotta, we have to even shut down sometimes the successes. The successes. Complacency is so dangerous. As soon as we achieve one miracle, we become complacent and we stay there. We, we live there. We, we, we no longer press forward. And God is saying that my vision is always future focused. My vision is always moving you forward. My vision is always moving. If you have it, you're not in faith. 
faith always goes after that which has not yet been obtained. Faith always reaches for, faith always goes after that thing which has not yet been obtained. Faith is not moved by what is currently taking place. It's not moved by your past, and it's also not moved by your present. Vision is not moved by what we currently see. Vision is not moved by what it is, but only by what it can be. Vision is not moved by what it is, but only by what it can be. I'm just going to tell you now, I'm not going to be very preachy through this through these messages, I'm gonna, it's going to be more informational because we, we, we've got to make this shift. We've got to continue growing. We've got to continue moving into what God has for us. But in your own life, what is it that we have, we have quit pursuing because of what it looks like? We've quit pursuing that marriage that God has shown us because what we see today uh, uh, doesn't look like that. We, we've quit pursuing uh, the, that financial stability that God has promised us in his word because we just... Because of what it looks like today, it just seems so insurmountable. And we, we, we've quit pursuing this, and we've quit pursuing that because of what we see today. And that is, when you live in the present, that is called sight. And sight is the greatest hindrance to vision. Sight and vision are not the same. Sight sees what it is. Vision sees what it can be. And when I'm only moved by sight, when I'm only moved by what it looks like today, you won't press. It will discourage you. It will break you down. It will keep you immobile. You will not press on to what God has for you in your life. I'm only moved by the mess I currently see. I'm only moved by by the struggles that I currently see. Living by sight is a discouraging way to live. And in fact, God's word tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, we all know this verse. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. You may have been raised to think that the opposite of faith was fear. And you may have even been raised to think that the opposite of faith is doubt. Faith is believing, so doubt is unbelieving. But the opposite of faith is sight. Because faith is always taking steps into what you can't see. Sight just keeps you in what you can see. The opposite of our faith is when we only live by sight. The opposite of living a life of faith that's pressing into areas and things that we cannot see is only living in what we can see. What we can see. The New Living puts it this way. We live by believing, not by seeing. What is it today that you're having to live by what you believe rather than what you see? Because what you see does not reflect what you believe. If you go back a chapter into 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it tells us that uh, the things that we can see are but temporary. But the things that we can't see are eternal. The things that I can see 
can change. And they can be changed by what I can't see. You might see sickness in your body, but that can be changed by the eternal healing that Jesus has already provided. You might not see the healing, but the eternal healing can change the temporary sickness. The, the e- eternal riches that God has for us can change the, 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 what we can see uh, in the lack and the poverty and the weakness that we have today. God is always changing what you can see by what you can't see. In fact, Hebrews chapter 6 tells us this. Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. Oh, I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Faith is the confidence that we hope for, that what we hope for will actually happen. This is in the New Living. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. It gives us an assurance about things that we cannot see. We cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. Why, to be honest with you guys, uh, not living a life of vision goes against your nature. It goes against how your new creation was created to operate. It goes against everything that God has put in you. God is the greatest visionary of all time. God saw darkness and said, let there be light. And light came out of nothing. What you couldn't see became what you could see. That's how God operates. God takes nothing and turns it into something. God is the greatest visionary that's ever lived on the planet. And then if you skip on down to chapter 1, verse 26 of Genesis, it tells us that we were created in his image and in his likeness. You and I were both designed to operate with things that we cannot see and create things that we can see. It goes against your nature to only live by what you can see. It goes against what God has placed inside of you to only be moved by everything that's around you and what it currently looks like today. It goes against your nature. And, and, and here's the even greater danger. Is that God took nothing and created something. But then we take something and get nothing. You may remember the uh, parable, Matthew chapter 25. I'm just convinced that this is my favorite, my favorite passage and favorite parable in the Bible, God continues to show me more and more out of this one parable. In, in the last three years, he's shown me more in that one parable than uh, I, I could have ever imagined. And he showed me this this morning as, as I was going over that. God took nothing and created something, yet we take something and create nothing. And you remember in that, that, that passage that the master gave the uh, three servants Three different amounts of talents. Gave one, five, one, three, and one, one. That master created that one talent that he gave the last servant out of nothing. 
and gave the servant something. So when the servant came back and created nothing, that was a direct slap in the face of the master. That's why he said, you wicked and lazy servant. And he kicked him out of the kingdom. It's a direct slap in the face of the master to take what he created out of nothing and we turn it back into nothing. But you and I have the ability within us. You and I have the ability living inside of us to take something that he's given us and turn it into something else. Turn it into something more. You notice that the master even said this. It would have been better for you if you would have at least gone to the bank and gotten me back what I gave you with interest. He said there are systems in the earth to provide me with more than I gave you. And you didn't even take. You didn't even use those resources. The question that I have today is. What are we doing with the something that God has given us? What are we doing with the something that God has given us? I thank God for his faithfulness. I thank God that he has proven himself time and time again over these last four years in in this church. God has continued to prove himself. We've never lacked. We've never been behind. We've never uh, uh, been just struggling to just make it. God has been in this thing from day one. There are some of you, you've been here from day one. You've been here since uh, the very beginning. You've been here since we were in Remerton. You've been here when this place had no carpet. You've been here when this, we had no stage. You've been here when we didn't even have a worship team. You were here. And the only reason why we're here and not still there is because of our God's faithfulness is great, but you have to match his faithfulness. You have to be faithful with what he's given you. And every step of the way, we've been faithful. We were faithful when the, when the annual budget was 80000 We were faithful when uh, we didn't have a worship team. We were faithful uh, when we didn't have a leadership team. We were faithful all along the way. And now, because of our faithfulness, God's been faithful to us. The five, the man with the five, he went out and doubled it and turned it into, into ten. Many times we're praying for God, hey, bless me, you know, bring, bring these things to me. And he's saying, you've got it in your hands to work yourself. Be faithful with little. And we've been faithful along the way. Faithfulness will bring the vision to pass. Faithfulness will bring the vision to pass in your life. I don't know if you have a financial vision. I don't know if you have a a business vision. I don't know if you have a family vision. But your faithfulness to it, your ability to stick it out, your ability to stick it out, the vision is not made for the easy time. The vision is not made for the easy time. The ones that are made are made in the tough time. They're the ones that continue to endure. They're the ones that continue to pursue. And it's also made for those that will get up and drive on even when they feel like they've achieved. Even when they feel like they've achieved. I look, I, I look around this room. I, I look at what God has done over the last four years. Uh, and, and, and to you, it might not seem like a big deal. That doesn't really matter because it's not 
your vision. It's the vision that God has given me as the pastor of this church that we're driving this thing forward. And, and I'm just, I, I can't help but be excited about where we're at. I can't help but be excited to see what we're on the verge of. I can't help but be excited to, to, to see, uh, again, not by sight, by vision, to see where God is taking us. And you can choose to, to, to come along for the ride or you can choose to get off. That's your choice. But at the end of the day, we're going to drive on and we're going to do what God has called us to do in this city. We're going to do what God has called us to do. I'm a product of a man that kept with the vision even in the midst of the hardest times. My pastor instilled within me what vision means. I honestly didn't learn about vision in Bible school. I honestly didn't learn about uh, having a, a vision for your life and having a vision. I learned that in, in, in the work, in doing it, in keeping your eyes. And he was always constantly keeping our eyes on what was ahead and not on just what we see. And sometimes that can be the hardest thing. That, that, that can be uh, sometimes the most difficult thing to look ahead. Because what you currently see seems like the biggest limitation for where you're going. But God is driving this thing forward. He's doing great things. We're on the cusp. We're on the cusp of some, opposite, of some awesome things. So God is the ultimate visionary. And you and I have the nature of God in us. You and I have the ability of God in us to see something that has only been spoken of. It's only been spoken of. How do we bring that to pass in our lives? How do we continue to drive this thing forward and, 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 and reflect on God's faithfulness, reflect on what he's done, reflect on the things that we have been faithful with, and then still strive to achieve more? The, the, the biggest difference, guys, is participation. Spectating will always remove you from the vision. It's participation. And we offer many avenues of participation. We offer many avenues for you to hook up with the vision. Obviously, in, in prayer and in faith, number one, those of you that are praying for my wife and I and those of you that are praying for this church, we thank you. We thank you for your prayers because God answers prayers. We do not take lightly prayer. And so we appreciate your, 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 your prayers of faith, of faith as we continue to drive this thing forward. We obviously offer many areas of service, our children's ministry, our ushers, our greeters, our worship team and production teams. Uh, we, we cannot do what we do without you. That's the bottom line. This doesn't happen because my wife and I wake up and say, all right, we're going to go do Anchor Faith Church today. No, it's because of faithful, committed, dedicated team members. Not volunteers, because you don't volunteer in the kingdom. You don't sign up and say, okay, I'll do that. No, you're appointed. There's a gift of service within every single individual. You come into the kingdom, and now it's, okay, what's my part? What can I do? Where can I pick up? Where can I go? How can I help move this thing and drive this thing forward? There's babies that are being watched. There are children that are being taught the word. There are opportunities every single service, every single week to serve the kingdom by serving people. Third is obviously financial. Hooking up with us, financial. Look, if we could make church work without money, I'd be all for it. 
If we didn't need money to move this thing forward, if we didn't need a dime, man, God just opened the doors and, 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 and we didn't need to have landlords and uh, we didn't have to pay electrical bills. But th- those things are here. Those things, we are in the earth. But your finances help us stay open. Your finances help us reach people for the kingdom of God in this city. It may seem like a small thing, but paying the light bill is helping reach people because if the lights aren't on and the air's not on, nobody's coming here. It's that simple. It's that simple. Sometimes we miss the small things. Sometimes we think, why aren't we giving a million dollars to this thing? Or why aren't we giving, you know, a thousand dollars to this event? It's, it's in the small things. Every dime that comes in is going towards the kingdom of God, whether I'm paying a light bill or I'm feeding a homeless child. But on top of that, I want to read you some numbers just for the year so far. Many of you remember that we did. We hooked up with Options Now with the Baby Bottle Boomerang. I got the totals in this past week, and this church alone contributed $1,232.42 in change. Filling up baby bottles with change, $1,200 that goes to a ministry in this city that is reaching. I I get the reports probably every single week. I get an email of at least two women, of at least two women, sometimes more, that walk into that clinic dead set on abortion. And God is moving in their lives. Being pressured by their parents to have an abortion, being pressured by the father to have an abortion. But they're not just going there and just talking to someone psychologically. They are getting the word. They are being fed the word through that organization. I just ran into uh, Miss Becky Dees just a couple weeks ago, in fact, and and she said that this year uh, was the largest baby bottle boomerang they've ever had. Over $60,000 they got from all the churches total. This year they are just blowing the doors off of that place. They, they, can't, they, they, they don't have enough slots to schedule the women going in there. The young girls that are going in there with a question of life or death. And we got to be a part of that. That's no small thing, church. That's no small thing. That's no small thing. On top of that, uh, I'm a part of a, a minister's organization here in the city that we have contributed, Anchor Faith Church has contributed $650 towards. And at Easter, we were able to, uh, 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 at Christian Ministers Network, was able to give $550 to Options Now and another $550 to House of Hope. We're connected with them as well. We gave, uh, we, we contributed to St. Augustine, Florida, uh, in their project that they're currently in, uh, $1,060. We also hooked up with a local organization for the first time this year called Valdosta One Lunch, and we had probably over 20 volunteers uh, from our own church uh, helping uh, with that event right here in our own space, and we'll continue to be hooked up with her and and her ministry uh, as as they are feeding uh, children in low-income, impoverished areas of the city that don't get lunches when school's not in. And we got to help with that, contributing water bottles and pudding cups and uh, uh, all the the non-perishables that we were able to bring. And then not only that, but offering our service and our time as well to make it happen. So God is doing great things, and we are reaching this city, and there's more. That's obviously just the beginning. 
That's obviously just the beginning. Again, that's vision. That's vision. Because at a church this size, you know, sometimes you're, you're just doing well enough to, to, to run and operate. But to be able to look beyond ourselves, be able to reach beyond ourselves so that we can touch this city for the kingdom of God. God is doing great things. I told you a couple months ago in the month of August that uh, we had an opportunity come to us uh, as far as purchasing land. And um, I need your prayers. Uh, We are, are still in negotiations. There's still things that might be moving, things that might not be moving. At the end of the day, it's whatever God wants. It's whatever God wants. Um, and there have been some changes with it, and so uh, I've got another meeting set up with that pastor uh, uh, here in a couple weeks, and so I need your prayers. We've got to hear the Holy Spirit on this thing. We've got to hear the Holy Spirit. But at the end of the day, guys, there's something. If that's not it, there's something. And so I'm asking you on October 18th to hook up with us financially in our stretch offering. In that service, God gave me this. I said it in service, and I didn't even realize it until uh, afterwards um, because I did not have it before. But he gave me these four words, stretch, reach, touch, change. Stretch, reach, touch, change. And I believe that God, that's where God is taking us this next year. In the first three years, church planting is just that. You're planting a church. And my farmers in this room, they will know what I mean. When you're putting a seed in the ground, that seed is not interested in helping anybody out. That seed is taking in nutrients. That seed is taking in. You're feeding the seed. The seed is in the ground. And it's receiving all that it can so that when it comes through, it can give something away. There's no, you can't go to any seed and pick any fruit off of it. You pick fruit off the tree. But if the seed doesn't receive the nutrients, it's not going to grow to be able to give anything away. And so as we are church planting, we have had a lot of inward investment. But I believe in this next year, we're stretching. And where you, where you stretch increases your reach. When you stretch, you can reach something you couldn't reach before. Remember, we talked about this in our stretch message. When you're in the stretch, you are reaching something you couldn't reach before. And when you reach for something, you can now touch it. And there's parts of this county and parts of this city that we need to begin to touch with the kingdom of God. And anything that the church touches, God changes. Anybody believe with me it's the last days? Anybody believe me we're at the end of the last days? We're in the last of the last days. I mean, if you don't watch television or read the news, uh, then you might not know that. Uh, But things are happening now even on our own soil in the United States of America that are just absolutely unheard of. We are in the last of the last days. And, and one of the uh, uh, plans of the enemy through this stuff is to shut the church down. Because, hey, you and I are saved. 
We know where we're going, right? We're all going to heaven. We're going to Beulah land. We're going to hang out with Jesus. Uh, you know, we're going to enjoy, uh, you know, what God's doing. God, just get us off of this planet, please. And that is the last thing the church needs to do. We need to live like Jesus is coming today. But we need to plan like he's not coming for a while. And this church isn't shutting down. I mean that figuratively and naturally. This church is not shutting down. We're just getting started. We're just getting geared up for what God wants to do in this city. There are people's lives that need to be changed, but they won't be changed if we don't stretch. Because when we stretch, then we can reach. And when we can reach, we can touch. And when we touch, God can change. VSU needs to be touched. There are sections of this community that need to be touched. These high schools need to be touched. There are homes and marriages that need to be touched. And we haven't reached them because we haven't stretched. But it's time to stretch. Stretching is never comfortable. I mean, if we could go the rest of our lives without having to stretch, <laughs> we'd be doing pretty good. Stretching, stretching is always forward focused. Stretching is always increase minded. You don't stretch to decrease. You stretch to increase. You stretch to increase. You stretch to gain. You stretch to do more, not to do less. And so we're going to be stretching as a church. We're going to be stretching our faith. We're going to be stretching our time. We're going to be stretching our finances. We're going to stretch. Because when we stretch, we can reach. And when we reach, we can touch. Think about all the lives that we've already touched. And you, and you may not even know. Uh, I think it's testimony time. I think it's time for some people to begin to speak up in this church of what God has done in your life. And that testimony may break through the doors for somebody else because the Bible tells us that they overcame him, the enemy, the devil, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. By what Jesus did and by you talking about what Jesus did. It's time for some people in this church to start talking about what Jesus has done in their lives. There are people in this church that are married today that it's only because of this church and because of what God has done. There are families that are still together in this church only because of what God has done. There are businesses that are running and being successful and profitable only because of what God has done. Because the economy said, you're going down. There's no way this can work. There are testimonies in this church. And there's more. If that's what we could do in the first three years with the resources we have, what can God do if we would stretch? Who's the next testimony? Who's the next life 
that we reach because we stretch and now we've touched them and God can change them. I can't change them. You can't change them. God can change them. But he needs you and I in their lives. He needs you and I. I, I, I know that, that there are uh, plenty of churches in this town. I know that you have many options on where you attend on Sunday mornings. I know that there are, are, are plenty of places today that are being successful. But I do believe that God has called us here for such a time as this. I do believe that. And I don't, I don't believe that he's called us here to be small. Next week, I'll be talking about what growth looks like. Because you need to prepare for growth. You need to prepare for growth. We need to prepare for growth. Growth has to be prepared for. If growth sneaks up on you, you will lose it. Growth shouldn't sneak up on us. We should be prepared for it. We should have systems in place. We should have people in place. We should have operations in place. See, these are the things that we don't like to talk about. Uh, because we like to just make church about us and we like to make church about just coming through the doors and hearing a good word from Pastor Martin, getting to sing my songs and see a couple people that I like, uh, you know, because I have to spend uh, all week at a place where I am around people that I hate. And so at least at church, I can come and see people that I like. Uh, but uh, we, we, we have to be outward focused. This has to be a place where we want to touch someone's life, not just be touched. And when we have this, I want this to be the best place to go to church on Sunday morning and not off the doors. I really do. That doesn't mean that we're better, but it means that we're the best, whatever that means. You take it for whatever that is. I want this to be the best place that people walk through, the, the, the doors with, 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 the, with the biggest smiles at the doors, the warmest hugs at the doors, the most encouraging words at the doors. The most powerful word, the most strengthening and equipping worship should be right here. And you don't have to have big bands to do that. You don't have to be on TV. You don't have to have large signs and billboards. It's about the people that are in the church because this building could be anything. The only reason it's Anchor Faith Church today is because you are here. You are the church. The church is mobile. The church is moving. And when we come here, we get trained up and equipped so when we go out there, we can change the world. We shouldn't be coming here discouraged and, and being discouraged. And then we get out there and we're just a bigger discouragement to the world. We come in here and then Monday morning we wake up and it's not just a mundane Monday anymore. It's hello world. The Anchor Faith Church has just showed up at your job. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. This year I want to I increase in everything. I want to increase. I can tell you today, today, we are already at more. We have already brought in more financially than we did this time last year. And all four years, we've done that. We've increased it all four years. And so what does that prepare us for? What does that look like? Because there's something. There's something that we've got to stretch to reach so we can touch it so God can change it. Amen. Chase, if you'd come up. Vision. Vision. Vision is a result of deliberate mindset. It's a deliberate mindset. 
uh, even as a pastor, I don't accidentally think vision. Typically what I do is I'll accidentally think sight. Before I know it, I'll drift away and I'll only be moved by what I see or by where we're at or what we've done so far. But vision is intentional. Vision is getting up and saying, I will look at what's ahead and not what's around. I will look forward and not backward. I will see something greater even when what I'm seeing today doesn't reflect that. It's intentional. And so I hope over these next several services that you'll, you'll stay with us You'll stay with us. I will tell you this, on October 25th, we'll have our family service once again where we have everyone together. And we're going to do something special that day. October 25th will be Elevate Appreciation Day. If you serve in any area, in any area, if you are connected with the vision of this church in any way, this day is for you. We're going to honor you. Our children are going to be doing worship that morning. You don't want to miss it. I hear they're pretty good. I hear they're working on a recording album or something. Not that good, but they're pretty good. They're going to be up here and they're going to bless you. And then we want to be a blessing to you. Because it, it, it's, it's people that show up with the heart and the mindset that I'm going to bless someone's life today. That's what makes this thing happen. That's what this thing, that's, that's how this thing happens. Sacrificially. I know you don't wake up every Sunday morning and want to come to church. Because I don't wake up every Sunday morning and want to come to church. So if I don't, I know you must have those mornings. But you get up anyways. You throw on the t-shirt and you say, I'm going to build myself up this morning because there's 10 or 12 children in this classroom that I've got to bless with the word today. While their parents are receiving the word, I've got to invest in them. I've got to throw on this badge today because I'm going to bless someone's life. I'm going to give them a handshake. I'm going to tell them that God loves them. They may be having the worst weekend of their lives. Everything's falling apart, and I'm going to be able to just hug them and say, you know what? God's in control. We love you. We're so glad you're here today. We've got a worship team that sacrifices to be up here. It's a sacrifice. Every Tuesday night, we're here. The two-hour practice, the rehearsal, to prepare, to usher in the presence of God in this place that sets an expectation to receive something. We sacrifice that we get up here early. And it's worth it. It is all worth it. I take none of this for granted. I take none of this for granted. I hope you don't take any of this for granted. I do want to let you know these things, just in line with vision. I'm going to be moving our Wednesday morning prayer just due to participation and and how many people are able to come. We're going to be moving our Wednesday morning prayer to Sunday morning. Sunday morning, 830. It's very simple. It's the church coming together corporately and praying. It's corporate. 
prayer. Thank God that you pray on your own. Thank God that you pray before your meals. Thank God that you take time to pray in your daily lives, and you need to. But it's important for us as a church to pray. So Sunday mornings, 8.30 a.m., those who can, we don't offer child care, so if you have kids, stay home. I don't have a problem with that. But if you're able to, if you're able to be here and say, I'll be there to connect with you and to pray, we'll come here, we'll pray for an hour, we just come together, we pray together, and then we go and we, 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 we go off and then we join together at the end and go on. But if that's you and you can hook up with us in prayer, 8.30, every Sunday morning, come pray with us. It's important. It's important. Also, beginning in January of 2016, we're going to incorporate something that to this point we haven't. And uh, it's just requiring us to shift some things. And uh, Anchor Faith Life Classes are a Sunday school program, Sunday school type program uh, that we've never been able to do just because of size and space and child care and those type of things. Uh, and, and so what we're going to be doing is our Wednesday nights will become Anchor Faith Life Classes. What's an Anchor Faith Life Class, you say? It's a particular subject course that you sign up for ahead of time. And it's a six-week course that someone will teach. And we're going to start doing that on our Wednesday nights. We've got gifts in this, in this body. We've got other people that can teach. We've got other people that can minister. And so it's going to open up an opportunity for them to minister. Uh, and you'll be able to sign up and just get in a class. Uh, our goal is to do two at a time. You'll have a booklet that you'll follow along every week, fill in the blank, Q&A, discussion time. It's a kind of a small group type environment. And so we're going to try to kick that off in January of 2016. More discipleship, more opportunities for you to learn, for you to grow deeper, for you to continue uh, to enhance your walk with God so you can reach people for the kingdom. Amen? It's important to be trained up. It's dangerous to do something you haven't trained to do. It's dangerous to, to do something that we haven't stretched ourselves to do. And so we're going to be moving to that uh, avenue on our Wednesday evenings. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the vision. We thank you for what you are doing in this church. Father, we first of all give you all the glory and all the praise. Where we are and where we've come is only because of you. It's only because of your faithfulness. And Father, as we remain faithful to the vision, as we continue to keep our eyes on what's ahead, Father, we thank you that you are by our side the whole way. Father, we step out in faith. Maybe not seeing the whole picture, Father, but we know which direction we go in because we hear your Holy Spirit. You're speaking to us. You're drawing us. You're moving us forward. Father, even though it may be uncomfortable, even though it may uh, 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 not feel good to our flesh, Father, we step out, continue to increase what we can do so you can increase through us. Father, you have promised us, even though it may tarry, even though it may seem like it's taking a while, we will wait patiently. Father, we continue to put our hand to what you've called us to. We continue to make an investment. 
Father, we give you all the glory, all the praise, and all the honor. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.